The advice and opinions expressed by the host of Autism Live and her guests are meant solely as suggestion and should not be in any way construed as child-specific advice. The Center for Autism and Related Disorders advises working with a board-certified behavior analyst who has experience with autism before starting any intensive behavioral intervention. Any choices you make in determining your child's treatment are completely at your own discretion. Shannon Penrod. And I'm Nancy Osbach Jackson. And I'm giggling because I was looking our, at our pictures as we were coming on, and you look so fresh and, and fabulous, and you look like you're going to a photo shoot for, you know, a, a model shoot for, you know, a, a sex, successful uh, executive woman, and I look like I'm getting ready to go clean toilets in a prison. I <laughs> disagree. I disagree. <laughs> But uh, it's Friday, and so, but you look, that's my, my, that's my friendly way of saying you look lovely. Thank you, I think you look uh, lovely as well. Well, thank you. Uh, But you look especially, you always do, but you, I'm loving the colors, and is this another one of Wyatt's paintings? No, it could be, though. It looks like it, doesn't it? It it does look, it's absolutely beautiful. So anyway, you look fabulous. Uh, and I'm really excited about today's show, and I'm excited that everybody's here today because we have, you know, one of our favorite guests is going to be joining us in just a little while. Alex Plank is going to be joining us, and right. he is—he's a Spitfire, and he—I love when he's here. He always challenges me, Nancy. Uh-huh. Uh, he always, you know, he'll take me to task. I guarantee you, I'm going to say something, and he's going to call me out on it, and that's good. That's how it should be. That's how I want it to be. Um, I, I love it because Alex pushes me, and that's that's a wonderful thing. That's good. We have a, a lot of things. We have a lot of things for him to weigh on, in on today. Oh my gosh, don't we? A lot of things for him to talk about. We're saying good morning to Ganja. We're good at Ganja. How are you? Um, and she's got a very specific question they're going to want to talk about in just a little while. Um, so hang with us, Ganja. I want to make sure everybody knows the show is live. It is Friday. I always have to check the date. It is the 21st of May. Just Can really don't know how it? it got to be that. No, I didn't either. No, can't believe it, but I'm excited for it to be the 21st of May. And, um, we're, but we are live. We are live in several different places, most particularly on YouTube, Twitter, and on Facebook. Not to mention also on our own site, which is autism-live.com and about 18 or 19 other sites as well that we are live streaming right now. We really want to encourage you, if you're watching live and you want to interact and you want it to be as easy as possible, those big three really make it streamlined. If you're on YouTube, Facebook, or Twitter, you can interact in real time and we can see what you're saying. You can, if you're watching us recorded, the best way to interact with us is to go to the chat on our own homepage, autism-live.com. We are a podcast that is available wherever you get your podcasts, and it is a free download. That is the one thing that we're across the board, like 
militant about that we want to be free to you. And I'll talk about who we hope that you are, but we're, we're free to you. We are currently right now the number one rated podcast having to do with autism. And that is because on that, Shannon. thank you. Well, that's, I, I, it's all because of our viewers. It's what you guys have done. You have liked us, you have shared, you've reviewed, and we just want to ask you to keep on doing that because what happens when you do that is that more people get to see it and then the information gets to more of them. And I said I would go back to who do we hope it gets to. We're always talking to that larger autism community. It starts with people who are on the autism spectrum. We want to hear and listen and, and give them a voice here to learn from them. Uh, which is why I say, I love it when Alex says to me, Shannon, you got this all wrong. You're thinking of this all wrong. And then I go, okay, teach me, right? Uh, so of course, our, our mission uh, of providing information and inspiration starts with folks who are on the spectrum. They are the beating heart of our community. But here on our show, we also want to reach all of the people who love those individuals. Because we know that together with all of us, we are a very powerful lobby group, a powerful group of people that can continue the, the fight for people on the spectrum to get the rights, the opportunity, the respect, and the acceptance that they deserve. So that's where we're coming from. That's uh, why we're here. Good morning, Jerry. We're, we're really glad that you're here with us this morning. And we're praying that all is well too. So uh, please, you know, share, if you like what you see here and you get something good out of it, great. If you're not getting what you want here, go check out all of our playlists. Um, I, Trayvon, remind me to tell you that there's some buttons on our website that are currently not working. So I just want to say to those of you, if you're going to our website, we, we're, we're, we're going to be fixing that. But we're also, all of our videos are available on YouTube. Find what you want. If you don't see it already there, please write to us and tell us. Um, but if you do find something, make sure that you tell at least one other person about it and say, you know what, I went there and it was free and I got good information and I felt like, you know, they're, they're trying really hard to help people because that is what we are trying. We just got a hello from all the way from Austria, Petra Tegen. I don't know if I pronounced that correct. I probably butchered it. And, and they are regular viewers. So we're so happy that they are here. Um, okay, so we mentioned that we're going to have Alex Plank in a little while, but we've got some news to get to here, and there's quite a bit of it. Uh, where do you want to start, Nancy? Let's start with um, the QAnon shaman. How about? <laughs> let's let's go there, shall we? Um, so I, I, I imagine, you know, unless you've been totally hiding yourself from news media, that at some point you have either seen video or pictures of the actions on January 6th where people went into the Capitol here in the United States. And there was one person in particular that there were a lot of pictures of, uh, a guy who was wearing the bullhorns with the fur thing, with all the red, white, and blue makeup on his face and carrying a spear and was referring himself to the as a shaman and then I don't know, a vegan, like he had very special needs that he was on dietary needs. There was a, there's been a lot of press about this one guy in particular, but I didn't see 
until yesterday when NBC came out with uh, an opinion piece. I did not know that his lawyer is alleging that the reason why he participated in the January 6th actions is that because the shaman is on the spectrum. Yeah, his name is Jacob Chansley is his name and his lawyer, um, I'm trying to pull up his lawyer's name because he certainly, he's the one that said a lot of these things and said some very derogatory things, right, Shannon? Yes. Um, his, his name is Watkins. Jacob uh, Chansley, Watkins. isn't it? Albert Watkins is the, oh, Jacob Chansley is the guy. Albert Watkins is the lawyer. Correct. Yes. And Albert Watkins said a lot of these defendants, and I'm going to use a colloquial term here, perhaps disrespectfully, but they're all curse word, short bus people. Mm. Nice, Ms. Watkins. These are people with brain damage there. Another curse word, retarded. They are on the another curse word spectrum. Yes. Um, and in this article, the very next thing that they say is setting aside Watkins bigoted and ableist language that is also outdated. Um, and I think it's worse than bigoted and ableist. I think it it's extremely offensive. Well, it's certainly that, but it's also, it's wrong. It's wrong. Like it's inaccurate, like it's false. Um, and, uh, you know, it, yeah, it, and, and he said, I'm going to use the colloquial term. That ticks me off in ways that I can't even begin to describe. Like, it's almost like it's saying, well, you know, uh, this, uh, you know, forgive me for, for being a little crass. You're way past that, pal. Mm -hmm. um, but this article goes on to talk about how this is not a new thing. That when someone does something that is offensive, when they do something that they get into trouble for, um, that you know, all of a sudden it's like, well, you know, you really can't hold them responsible for it because they're on the spectrum. And this is a, I think this is a really interesting piece that talks about how that sets the entire community so far back. And that, uh, that for all of these people that are, you know, and we're going to ask Alex what he thinks about this in a minute, but I think about, you know, all of these wonderful people who are on the spectrum and who go to work every day um, and, and are doing their jobs and being good parents or being good students, uh, but are really good people and are constantly trying to say to the public, hey, you know, we are different than you, but we are not less. We are not um, people who should be taken advantage of we are not people that should be discounted. We are not people that, you know, should be looked at as being pariahs because we're not. And then to have people turn around and say this, oh, the reason why this person behaved in a way that they're here in court, um, we can explain it all away with a diagnosis of being on the spectrum. It is horrible. It's offensive. It's not proper. Um, and it sets the whole, the whole community back. I don't know. Um, I, what, what do you want to say about it, Nancy? Well, I wanted to point out that the article, which is extremely well written, it's on NBC. It's by Eric 
Garcia, and he is the author of a book. He's on the spectrum himself, Shannon. And he's the author of a book, We're Not Broken. I think that says it all. Changing the Autism Conversation. And he goes on to make a point for, um, there, he brings up other cases like Sandy Hook, you know, Adam Lanza, I believe his name was, was found to be on the spectrum. He brings up lots of cases and points out how none of the actions can be correlated to the person's autism diagnosis any more than somebody who's neurotypical, you know, that can be linked to them being neurotypical. It just, there, there's good people and bad people in all uh, categories, yeah. right? Yeah, to use it as an excuse is it's, it is, it's, like I said, it's offensive um, and it is, it sets the entire community back. So I, I, I agree. I think it's very well written and I encourage people to read it. Um, I think it's important that if we're, if we're saying that, um, you know, I'm all for getting people help. And if, and if this individual needs help, let's talk about getting him help. But that when you need help, you, you, the only thing that we have that excuses you from criminal behavior is being deemed criminally insane. And what that means is that you did not know that your actions were not proper, that people can't be held responsible for what they didn't know. And, you know, that's an entirely different diagnosis. That's an entirely different thing. That has nothing to do with autism. Right. And right. so I am, I am tweaked. Uh, and we can see that Alex is in the the waiting room. Alex, yes. we're going to get to you in just a second. We're here. We're going to get to you in just a second, and we're going to ask you what you think about this. But we've got a couple of other news stories to cover. But then we'll we'll let Alex say what he thinks about that in a second. So, Nancy, let's move on to, there's a new thing that came out, the BBC is reporting the autism rates for school kids in Ireland. Did in this Ireland, shock you right out of your skin? One in 20, and they believe that may even be an underestimate because they took these numbers during the pandemic. Um, and. And this is people not believed to be on the spectrum. These are kids with a diagnosis. Right. One in 20. So 13,000 children in Ireland between the ages of four to 15 have a diagnosis of autism. An estimated 4.5% of the school population, which is just a stunning number. Yeah, and... Um, Previously, the last time that they're quoting that this was taken was 2009, where it was 1.2%. 1, 1 and to right. give people an idea, you know, I mean, in our lifetimes, uh, I, don't, I don't know what the number was when you first heard about autism, Nancy, but I recall when, because I had a college roommate that right out of college, she had two kids and one of them was on the spectrum. So uh -huh. she was a solid 18 years ahead of me and everything that she did with autism. Right. Um, and I remember when her son was being diagnosed that I was hearing a number like one out of a hundred thousand. Right. Right. And, and then it was suddenly one out of 10,000. And I remember feeling like I was being poked in the shoulder when it went from one out of a hundred thousand to one out of 10,000. I was like, what's that? Whoa, what the what? Like that's an inch, but it, it had nothing to do with me. 
right. nothing right. to do with me. And then when my son was diagnosed, we were at one in 110. Where were That's you when okay. I was, when Wyatt was diagnosed, we were one in 110 as well. And, but, but very briefly it went after that, it went to one in 86. And then, you know, we went to one out of 54, although they were saying around that time that it was one in, I, I, I don't want to misquote, but it was one in 40 something school children. Right. Um, we are expecting any day now that the CDC is going to put out new prevalence numbers. Right. I just need for everybody to know, and we are getting some people to come on the show to talk about this, um, but they're going to come out with the new numbers and our expectation is they're going to say that the prevalence has changed and it's not as prevalent as we previously thought. And yippee, we're, we've stemmed the tide and it's not going up. I want everyone to know that they are not using the same metric, that they change the way they take the data. So whatever the number comes out, you cannot compare it to any previous number because no data was taken in this way before. And we're going to have experts on to talk about how they change. Yeah, Shannon, you think it's going to be a, a more favorable number? Yeah, I think that's what it's going to be. But whether it is or it isn't, we all need to know ahead of time because the rhetoric, the, you know, what the press is going to say is one thing. But we all need to be cognizant of the fact that these new numbers are going to come out and they are fresh numbers and you should never compare apples to oranges. So, you know, if I tell you, you know, that uh, you have $145 in your account and you go, okay, I have $145 in my account. And then you add 25 to it and you're like, okay, you know, I have this much money in the account. Um, but then if I suddenly change it and I'm talking about pounds and I don't tell you how many pounds you had before and the rate has changed, you couldn't compare that to how much money you had in your account. You would want more data to be able to compare because you can't compare the two. Um, they change at different rates. And so just, I just need everybody to be aware that when these numbers come out, you're going to hear things in the press, but we need to be responsible and diligent and put them through filters to be able to compare the apples to the oranges. Right. So just put that out to people, but isn't that stunning? One in 20 in Ireland. Right. And of course, in some countries like in South Korea, it's some ridiculously insane number, like one in six. And, and we see that it's not equal and even here in the United States either. When they take the, the data from different states, you know, some states have a much higher number. Now, right. you know, we can all argue, is that because they're more diligent? Like New Jersey always has one of the highest rates. And people say, what is that? Is that that New Jersey takes the numbers more diligently? Or do they have more factories that are putting more environmental things in? It's like, you know, like what, what is the reason for this? I've and there's not said about New Jersey that the reason their numbers are so high is because it has a lot of treatment and for autism and a lot of families have moved there. So there's a higher uh, cluster of autism. Exactly. Right. Exactly. So, you know, it's like, what, what is, what is causing that? And, um, but I want to, I want to move on because I want to make sure we leave lots of time for Alex. We have another story. Um, and of course I just clicked on it and made it go away. Um, but about a family that has placed a lawsuit because their daughter 
who goes to school, has an aide at school who is supposed to go into the bathroom with her. Somehow that didn't happen. I think we can all relate to how that happens frequently with our kiddos. And the daughter went into the bathroom and while she was in there without the aide, one of the other students took a picture of her on, my understanding is that she was on the commode and the door to the stall was open and that then that picture was circulated um, through some social media means uh, before, and, and we're not clear on how, what the time span was, but then one of the staff at the school recognized it. It was shared with the principal. The picture was taken down, um, but the parents are now suing the school district. Uh, my understanding is that the parents have said that they want the, the teen who took the picture and posted it to be charged uh -huh. and mm -hmm. that they are uh, suing the school district for negligence because she has an IEP and the IEP says that an aide goes with her into the bathroom. Right. And, and I think they are completely justified in doing so. This was in Charleston, South Carolina. If that their child, the young woman, had an aide that's supposed to accompany her to the bathroom, this simply shouldn't have occurred. And I'm right there with you, Nancy. I know people go, oh, we live in such litigious times and suing the school di district doesn't solve anything. And I just want to say I completely disagree that having worked in schools, you know, schools do what they do until they get sued and then they do better. And that's just how it goes. And, and I'm, you know, you could be the lawyer on this case, Nancy, because to me, it's exactly what you said. If the aide had been there, that wouldn't have happened. And it's in the IEP. And the IEP, as we talk about all the time on the show, is a legally binding document. Mm -hmm. And if you don't withhold it, you're out of compliance and you're responsible for anything that happens that was outside of what you were supposed to do. So I hope that that school gets their act together, figures out what went wrong. And that, and that all of you at home benefit from it because let's all fess up here that we've had kids that have AIDS at school and then we find something happens and we go, where was the aid? And they were like, well, they were on their break. Right. The parents, <laughs> the parents cited, Shannon, that they're doing this uh, to uh, show the school's failure to train staff, implement protective measures for the victim, and prevent bullying, all admirable goals. Yeah, and I agree with them, and I hope they take them to the cleaners for it because that is what will teach them. I have always said whenever I'm talking about, you know, in the past my kid or somebody else's kid, and they, and, you know, this answer of, well, the aide, we did train them properly, but the aide was on a break, and they have to take breaks too. And, and my answer was always, and I hope you guys will use this in your IEPs, I would go, oh, of course, what was I thinking? I'll make sure and send Jem with a note saying, don't have autism when the aid is on break. That'll take care of it. Right. You're absolutely right. Um, and, then, and then I pause for the you know, dramatic sarcasm to sink in. And then I go, so maybe you should have um, somebody to cover for them when they're on break, do you think? I'm sometimes I'm really a sarcastic, you know what I mean, a bad story. Yes. And it's a sad one. Waiting. We have Alex and wings. But this is an important story, Shannon, that you found. The the young man in Nebraska, the young boy, eleven years old, that is yes. missing. 
Ryan Larson is missing and has been missing since Monday morning. He walked out of La Vista Elementary School in La Vista, Nebraska, and has not been seen since. And we just want to put it out there to people that, um, first of all, please pray for Ryan and for his family. We're now in the fifth day and, uh, you know, hope is dwindling and, um, we, our hearts go out to his family, but I also wanted to put a plea out to everyone. It is spring. And this is when we see more of these stories than any other time. I know it's a, a downer, but we all need to remember that the number one cause of death when it's an individual on the autism spectrum is drowning as a result of eloping. And the number two is being hit by a car because of eloping. Uh -huh. So we, you know, I, years ago, Dr. Jonathan Tarbox on this show looked at the camera and said to families, if your child had the ability to look you in the eye and say, listen, the first chance I get, I'm going to run away from you and run directly into harm's way. If your child had the ability to say that to you, what would you do? What measures would you take to keep your child safe? And he said, just do that, just do that. And that's different for everyone because everybody's risk level is different, but do whatever you have to do. And we can make several suggestions of things that you need to do. You can put alarms on everything, but alarms aren't foolproof. Look at what happened with this, this child. You know, there are tracking devices. Um, there are all kinds of things that you can do, plus giving them training to figure out why they elope, helping them right, to deal right. with the things so that they don't feel the need to elope. Yeah, I just want them. to point out that with behavior therapy, there are many uh, methods of behavior therapy that can help deal with elopement. What, uh, that's what happened with my son, Wyatt. He was a runner. And we had many close calls, Shannon, just terrifying. Once he ran out the front door and almost went into the freeway traffic, he ran so fast to the freeway. So um, you can do social stories. There are many, that's what we did with yes. Wyatt, where he learned a social story about a little monkey that learned to elope, that was an eloper and learned not to. So it was effective. And there are effective methods for dealing with this. Yes. And it's not just a one prong thing. Do all of it. Right. Do all of it. Take your child to get them swim lessons and have them train them about how to float on their back and have them do it with their clothes on and their shoes on. Because a lot of times they teach kids to swim and it's like, but why did they drown anyway? Because they were in clothes and shoes when they fell in the pond. So, you know, work on these things, talk to your neighbors, talk to your law enforcement people, because this is the time of year that I, I just, I can't stand it. It just kills me um, to see these parents in pain and to hear these horrible stories. And I'm praying for this kiddo that they find him yes. and that he's still okay. We're and we've seen that happen. I don't want to give up hope. We've seen that happen, yes. Nancy, where it's been five days and they find the kiddo and they're cold and they're dehydrated, but they can save them. Right. It's not There's good. No there is still hope, but it is dwindling. So please say for these people. Um, and it's this is all too common. Okay. All right. We've said that. We need to say that public service announcement. But we've got Alex Plank with us here. And Alex Plank, as I said, he's one of our favorite guests. 
Uh, he's an amazing uh, young filmmaker, an actor. You guys saw him on The Good Doctor. He, is the, he was the creator of wrongplanet.net when he was just 17 years old. He's a creative genius. And uh, I consider him a friend. And Al I already said, Alex, I know you can hear me now, that Alex loves to devil me and <laughs> correct me and tell me when I get something wrong. And it is our relationship and our friendship. So uh, let's see what I'm doing wrong today. Alex, are you there? Yeah, can, can, you, can you hear me? Yes, and we can. can. And we can see no, you. there, Alex. Well, Fantastic. Thanks. Thanks for having me. Uh, yeah, no, I, I saw that you were covering all these news stories, uh, you know, and uh, um, I don't know which one you want to start on first. I don't know why you didn't just have me come on and when you were talking about them, if we're going to just talk about each news story or whatever. Or the, we're not going to talk about one? all of them. Oh, okay. We're, not, we're just, I just wanted your opinion about the this the the QAnon shaman and that his lawyer is saying that the reason why this all happened is because he's on the autism spectrum. I want to hear from you about and did you see what the the words the lawyer used to describe the people who took the what you know came into the White House on the sixth? It's pretty incendiary. Um, you know, I'm gonna have to say that I think that that you know any time that you're you know, in in that big of uh, trouble, your lawyer is going to do whatever they can and just you know try to you know throw every excuse in the book. You know, obviously, you know, you we've heard of like the Twinkie defense. I mean, you you know, I don't think I don't think we should really take anything from it. I don't. I disagree that it sets things back because because uh, I didn't notice that you said that. I disagree it sets things back because you know uh, you know people sort of expect that you're going to use anything any excuse in the book you know elon musk is not you know just announced that he was on the spectrum he's not gonna you know like if they you know if he gets in trouble you know with you know some sort of thing he's not yeah i mean maybe he'll throw that out too but like you know it's like you know there's plenty obviously it doesn't have anything to do with knowing right from wrong so i mean i, I it doesn't really make sense uh, i mean unless there was like you know a very specific thing where someone was coerced and tricked into doing something but this guy was apparently like one of like the big guys in the movement and he was going to all the events he counter protested at all the you know black lives matter rallies to the point where like you know people were thinking oh well he must be like a one of their excuses was that he was oh he's at a black lives matter rally he's he's really like a you know He's on the other side. He's like uh, an operative, like, you know, <laughs> pretending to be like, yeah, which, you know, what they didn't include was him holding a sign, you know, you know, promoting his, their, you know, their, whatever their crazy cause is. <laughs> so. Well, I'm, I'm sort of relieved to hear that you're not uh, worried that this is going to set the community back. I'm, I'm relieved to hear that. Yeah, I think well, that's I mean, the point about Elon Musk. I mean, just as we can't say that all people with autism or crazy like the shaman, we can't say that all people with autism are geniuses like Elon Musk. When you've met one person with autism, you've met one person with right. autism. Right, and, and you know, you know, we've got Bill Gates, you know, people, you know, he seems like he might be on the spectrum, doesn't, you know, doesn't forgive him for cheating on his wife or doing, you know, doing whatever he was doing that, you know, caused her to, you know, uh, do that, so. Well, I, I I love your opinion on it, Alex. So we we have not had you. Correct me if I'm wrong. We've not had you on during the pandemic. 
Um, I don't know. I don't think so. Maybe once. So. Maybe once. Maybe once. So uh, for people who don't know, um, you know, how have you been doing through the pandemic? Was this like, what, what were the challenges for you? Let's put it that um, way. I think a lot of the challenges now is just sort of everything's getting back to, you know, things are kind of getting back to normal, but not really. It's sort of like you're, it's like you're, I feel like I should be feeling better about it, but like, I, you know, it's kind of like, eh, I don't feel, I don't know. I just don't, I have no urge to go do as many things. You know what I mean? When I used to like, oh yeah, of course I'll come meet up for, you know, whatever, um, you know, go on a, a walk or get drinks or do anything. I, I just sort of feel like, you know, like I lack the momentum to keep going. Uh, I kind of, you know, and I, I, uh, you know, this part of the pandemic, I guess is sort of, you know, a little more like annoying because it's like, there's not like a clear, um, I mean, nothing's, it, it, you would think that the, everything would be open, you know, and they're saying, oh, well, you can stop wearing masks before you can go, you know, before I can do anything, you know, it's like, well, who cares about wearing a mask? I don't, one way or the other, like, I just want to go do things that are fun. And, you know, yeah, they've opened up a lot more, but it's like really slow. And it's like, I was kind of thinking it would be a lot faster because it seemed like it was starting to change really fast in like January and February when I got that vaccinated. But then after that, like it, it, you know, it's sort of like, it seems like, like people, I don't know, it's bizarre. I, I mean, I guess maybe in June, everything will just open up and it'll be back to normal. But I, I also feel like, you know, people are just like, you know, I think a lot of things are going to stay online. I think like maybe, you know, going to see a doctor in certain circumstances. And, and, you know, I think a lot of, there's a lot of good things that came out of it. You know, obviously it's, it's a great tragedy with, you know, so many people dying and but like all this, you know, the shift to like, you know, it used to be like, oh, you know, we can't see over the internet. You know what I mean? Like when it's like, why, why do you need to go to the doctor when they're just going to like, you know, ask you a few questions and you have to like drive there or walk there if you're close enough, if you're, you know what I mean? Like, so I, I think that, that kind of like is nice um, that, that, that kind of stuff is sticking. Um, I think also a lot of things that, that, you know, sort of uh, changed is that, that we've seen that sort of uh, people are a little more aware that, you know, maybe um, they need to be more active in, in uh, making sure the government has their best interests at heart. You know, a, a lot of people sort of felt like they, uh, you know, have been paying taxes their entire life and then, you know, they, lose everything because of the pandemic and you know they come in saying they're going to give a, a you know a few checks they get one and then like they sort of are hung out to dry and they're like oh yeah sorry we, we changed our mind we're not going to give you that other check we said was coming and it's like you know they're expecting people to live off that for you know over a year and and i know that you are an amazing advocate for the and a voice for the autism community, especially in the, in so many ways, but in particular in the healthcare arena, that it was just a couple of years ago that you helped lead with a group of people, uh, a special yeah. conference about healthcare for yeah. individuals on the spectrum. And a portion of that was making sure that research that is done is mindful of what people on the spectrum would like for it yes. to be and that they'd be involved yeah. in all levels of it. Yeah, yeah. So uh, patient-centered, uh, you know, patient-centered uh, research, you know, because we, yeah. we get a research and, you know, research is generally, oh, a researcher decides, oh, this seems like something interesting to research and like, okay, but like, how is that going to help anyone? Is it going to help anyone at all even? Um, and uh, is it the best way to use the research uh, funding that you can get? So, uh, you know, there's a shift sort of in, 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 in sort of 
moving towards participatory research, which I think is really important. Um, and especially for autism, where we generally have like a lot of, uh, you know, and, and there are plenty of people on the spectrum that could be successful um, that are sort of have this, you know, their parents sort of just get told these things. And a lot of parents either, you know, there's two approaches. They either sort of deny, deny that the kid's gonna, that the kid has autism. Well, there's three. They deny the kid has autism. They, they take it to heart and like think this kid's never going to do anything in their life and they're going to need support, you know, too much, you know, way more support than in reality they probably will need. Um, or also like, and then third, you know, they, um, sort of feel like they need to protect them too much. You know what I mean? So like you end up with a kid, uh, an adult that's like, you know, still living at home. And I don't know. I mean, I certainly could see, uh, you know, other people that should be more independent, not really being encouraged to do that. And I think part of it is because there is a lack of support for adults. Um, and also, uh, you know, to get back on what you were saying with healthcare, I think, you know, uh, people on the spectrum sort of have this issue with executive. I don't like a lot of the issues with healthcare. So going to the doctor's office and waiting in the waiting room might be an issue. A lot of different various things. So I would say um, that's sort of my thought on that, you know. But I'm wondering, as we are approaching in this, we're in this wonky, as you were saying, period where we're transitioning from being, especially here in Los Angeles, because I think things have opened up a lot more in other places than here in Los Angeles. And we're June 15th, yeah, but it, the it, state of California it, is opening, but I don't know that LA is opening. I'm talking um, more about like things like, you know, well, yeah, I mean, there's, it, it's, it's, a, it, it's not, even in the places where it's open more, um, you know, you're not having, uh, I don't think, uh, you know, you're not going to like a Katy Perry concert. You know what I mean? Right. Right. And everything is safe. We're in this transition period. But so my question to you is while we're in this transition period, I want to know from you, what do you think needs to be done to help, especially our teens and adults on the spectrum to get through this transition period? Is it something in healthcare? Is it something, you know, what would be helpful to that population? Um, I mean, there's so much to, to start to say. I think that, you know, part of the, Part of the issue is that, you know, maybe uh, I, I don't really know what kind of help you could provide other than, you know, just sort of being there and listening to what, what the person needs because everyone's different. You know, some people may have issues with certain things. Some people may be, you know, really excited to get back to things. Some people may have trouble making that transition back again. You know, maybe they had transition making it to the pandemic. Now they're going to have a transition making it back to normal. Yeah. So, well, you let, know, me but ask, let me ask this question in a different way. Because you're right, it's different for different people. But what what do you think has been the most helpful thing to you in this particular transition while we're not fully open yet, but we're not fully closed yet? What's been the most helpful to you? Has anything been helpful? Well, I, you know, I don't really know. Uh, I mean, I think. That I mean, I'm going to be honest. Watching Netflix is what gets me through the day. I'm <laughs> just keeping it real. I'm with Netflix, you. Netflix is my... Mechanism. Are there coping mechanisms, Alex, that you could recommend for those out there that might Coping mechanisms? Sure. I mean, uh, I, I think going on hikes, uh, going on walks, 
but you know, I think a lot of times people on the spectrum will really benefit from going on long walks and just sort of being like alone, like in, in like, like either in like the middle of the city or off in the middle of nowhere, you know, because both of those two are sort of, uh, you know, different environments and, you know, might like one or the other. Um, uh, exercise is important, eating healthy. I, I think that, you know, people, a lot of people are maybe eating too much or not eating enough or just, you know, their, their health is not at the forefront during the, or at least their physical health is not sort of prioritized during this pandemic. A lot of people I see running, but, you know, it, I think that people on the spectrum really benefit from having structure. So maybe trying to do something like that or having more of a schedule in your life, trying to like go to a certain thing every week, you know, um, you know, doing anything, going to therapy, having just a place you go, uh, you know, I love, I love that it's been a tale of two cities during the pandemic that some people, I have some friends who are like, oh, I just let it all go and I've been eating whatever I want. And, uh -huh. you know, and, but then on the other side of it, uh, there, there are a bunch of us who said, okay, this is my chance to try to get it together. And, um, you know, we put a, a treadmill in the middle of our living room. So while we're doing Netflix, we're on the treadmill and I'm, I'm happy to report I'm now at the, I'm in the 40 pound club. I've lost 40 pounds and my yeah, husband has lost 50 pounds. And That's if you fantastic. put them together, it's like a third grader. We've lost like a third grader That's fantastic. <laughs> in the pandemic. So, okay, Alex, you know, a lot of times when people are asking me, what can we do for teens and adults? I, I'm sure you know where I send them. I say, go take a look at longplanet.net. Long yeah. So yeah, tell people you know, check if out they my don't... website. It's an online community for autism. We have a lot of members who've got discussion forums and you know, just a place that people can go and ask and talk to other people and like, you know, read articles that are posted and just see other, you know, see a lot of stuff. So I think it's really important to check that out. Um, you know, I I also think that uh, you know, that's that's one of the things. Like a lot of I think maybe part of the reason that, you know, maybe the autistic people maybe coping better in the pandemic is that, you know, we've sort of been isolated maybe in the past before we got more social, or maybe we've, we've just always been sort of a little seeking, been seeking, you know, our social outlet online. So I think a lot of people on the spectrum might, might have, you know, felt like, you know, that they were feeling like it was actually, maybe they were more normal now. Do you know what I mean? Right. Um, it's have funny though, because like, what? Alex, Go have ahead. you seen an increase, have you seen an increase in traffic to Long Planet since the pandemic? Honestly, I, I I'm not I'm not entirely sure because most of the traffic, uh, you know, fluctuations that we get are are the result of just, you know, very uh, factors outside of the, the actual like you know, core you know, community because you know we get so many people that just you know search on Google for something and find one page and maybe they'll join or maybe they won't. So we get a lot of traffic that way. So I think, you know, I haven't seen I don't know if I've seen much of. Uh, a fluctuation. I, I would have to check. I haven't really monitored the traffic uh, during the pandemic or, or tried to see any sort of effects of it. But you know, generally, at least we do see more traffic when people are have more time at home. So I'm, I'm sure there's probably more. But I would also say that um, I think it's kind of funny because you know, at this like you know, I was like you know wearing the mask you know before anyone else. I don't know if you remember, I was wearing one back in like. February of 20. I do remember. And a hardcore like, one, like a serious business mask. Oh, well, that one, yeah, but like also just an N95. That one was like a, uh, a like a hundred rating. So it filters out yeah. 
close to 100% of particles instead of 95%. But, um, you know, and people were like, weird. And now I'm not wearing one anymore because, like, I've been vaccinated. It's like I'm outside. And, like, we now know that, like, it's like there's very little risk. And, like, I, now I see people that are acting like, you know, what, that are, like, running across the street, like, to try to avoid me when they – and they're jogging with a mask on. And I'm like, you realize that, you know, the time to wear it has passed. You know what I mean? Like, if you, you know, well, like, you should have been wearing it, you know, when it was like, you know, bad, you can do it if you want. I just, I just feel like it's, you know, like, it's like, you know, it's, you know, you have, uh, it's kind of, kind of funny to me, because like, I, I think we all have different, different opinions about this. But can I just say that part of the confusion in Los Angeles, and somebody explained this to me the other day is that even though the CDC has said that you can take your mask off in public in Los Angeles, there is still a mandate. We are supposed to still wear masks when we are inside, regardless of whether you're vaccinated or not, which I didn't know the other day. And it wasn't until- Right, but I was talking about outdoors. Where, yes. And they, they changed it before the CDC even said that. Like they changed the mandate, they removed the outdoor thing like in April. Like but it wasn't until Sunday for the first time on Sunday, I heard the C head of the CDC say that they have learned in the last three weeks that supposedly if you are vaccinated, you can no longer transmit it to other people, mask on, mask off. And that's the first time that they said well, that. The, the, see, the so, CDC, the, here's the thing with the CDC, they wait like a few months. So like, they're always like sort of late. So like, I, I'm yeah. very like, I'm very in tune with like the research and I follow like a lot of epidemiologists on Twitter. And so I know, you know, like sort of what their leading research is and like, like as the studies come out and the CDC generally takes like a month or two to like update their guidance. Like they took a month or two to update their guidance about masks in the beginning where they were, should have said that you should, but we all knew you should be wearing them like from the very start, yeah. you know? And then yet like, you know, people were still sort of like, you know, saying, oh, they don't, they don't work. And it's like, right. well, why, why would they have them? And why would doctors right. have been wearing them for like, you know, right. you know forever? Right. You know what I mean? It's like kind of like, I do. like, and yet like, and it's like, and then, and like, how could they work for doctors and not people? Oh, well, the doctors know how to use them. You don't. And it's like, it's a mask. It's not like a fighter jet. You don't need some sort of like, I mean, yes, like obviously you want to make sure it's like, you know, pro properly, uh, you know, melded to your nose, the straps are tight enough and there's like no leaks. But like Now I want one that has a fighter jet on yeah. it. Um, yeah. uh, but I'm going to be one of those people who's going to be wearing a mask for a long time. I, I like, so you know, I like wearing it. I was wearing it the other day because there was a wildfire. So like, you know what I mean? Like, yeah. it, like, you know, helps with the breathing sometimes with allergies. Like, and I, that's why I have them. My doctor had given yeah. them to me for fire. I don't see a problem in wearing them. I just, you know. It, but you know, I, I, I think it's different things for different people, different I comfort levels. I probably will sometimes wear them during certain seasons. Maybe I might, if I go to the grocery store or a crowded place during like flu season, maybe I'll wear one. I don't know. Probably. Right. right. You know, we'll see. Well, Alex, I've so enjoyed not having yeah. a cold this year. Yeah. It's been yeah, that's what I was thinking. Now that we're coming out of this pandemic, tell us about some of the things you've got in the works, projects and things you're working on. I, well, I can't talk about any of that. I have a lot of different things that are exciting and, and related to TV and film, but I can't talk about anything specifically because, uh, you know, it's, it's nothing is, you know, well, it's not that. You can that, tell but us, but then more, it would have to kill us all. Well, it's, or, or just sort of like, I don't like to talk about things until, because you don't want to mention, you know, you, when you have multiple things, not everything ha happens, you know. You know, you have, there's so many steps and, you know, big people involved and like, you know, a few, you know, money and just like 
schedule. It is just you, you can't ever be sure that you're doing something until you're doing it, I feel like, at least in television and film. Um, and then I have another thing that's also sort of exciting too, but I can't talk about. So, um, okay. but I will say that I'm very excited for, um, you know, I've got Max, my dog. Um, we're going to be going places and doing things. I've, and he's been is very Max helpful. around? Can we say hi to Max? He's sleeping. Okay, don't wake him up. We don't, like, you know what they say about let sleeping dogs lie. Um, but your, for those that don't know, Max is your assistant's dog. And how long have you yeah. had him, Alex? Um, yeah, it's over. Well, I guess I got him in 2019. Wait, September, oh, the beginning of September. Yeah, the beginning of September 2019. Uh huh. Yeah, I remember being at the. Ed Asner's birthday party, and you had Max there that fall. Yeah, right, right. He got to walk on the red carpet. They took those cool pictures with the, the hipster <laughs> there and like the on the red carpet. That was fun. And that was crowded. That was very crowded, and he was very well behaved. And there was a lady, there, as I recall, it was at the Roosevelt Hotel, and there was a, a lady who had two yappy dogs that she did oh, yeah, not. I was like, oh, they were like, is this like a stroller thing? Or like, was that, yeah, right? it was some yeah, crazy was like thing. And she was telling people that they were assistance dogs and they weren't behaving. And Max was I, being was, very well behaved, but they were, the dogs were sort of trying to get at Max and it was a little stressful, but Max was very well I behaved. I more than he was probably, he probably just, you know. I, oh, I was talking about my stress level. <laughs> oh, <laughs> like, yeah, I'm well, just I, watching it, I was like, this is yeah, not that, right. Somebody needs to get this woman in hand. They were, I, I will say that uh, he is a, a German shepherd and they were tiny and that if they did try to uh, attack him or something, he probably would just sort of not notice it or something. <laughs> but he, I don't, has he gotten a lot bigger? Because I haven't seen him in, an, in a year and a half, but is he a big uh, German shepherd now? I think he was, he's like uh, he, 60. He's not a big one. I, right. You know, no, because he wasn't then. Tall. He was beautiful. He, but he Some, was like fifty. He was fifty yeah. maybe pounds before. But he you know how sometimes 10. those ginormous German shepherds—they're like small horses. They intimidate me. But he's Max a, does he, not intimidate me. He, he intimidates a lot of people, but not you know not everyone. So tell the people at home what kind. What do you use Max for? How does Max assist you? Um, I have him that he he alerts me if I start to get like uh, stressed. He listens to the changes in my breathing. Um, yeah. He also does what's called deep pressure therapy, but all that means is he just lies on top of me like a weighted blanket. So I I don't really I I mean some people could like I don't know how you know much that is special. I feel like the other one's more more like impressive of a, a thing because like, you know, telling but does him to that lie help my... you when he lays on you? Does it help? Yeah, you? I mean, it's like having deep pressure does help. But you know, the the I think it's, you know, being notified when you're like getting stressed before you notice it yourself is, is more helpful. That's because amazing. it also helps you. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. But you know, and... it's, it's it's funny because sometimes I think he's messing up and it's and I'm usually wrong because I I don't think I'm ever right when I think he's messing up or doing it. I mean unless unless I'm unless I'm holding a piece of like, you know, steak or something, and then he might think that I'm doing it. <laughs> think I'm so stressed. You, so you or he there knows are times I'm not stressed, when he alerts he like, you 
There, so are you saying there's times when he alerts you and says, hey, Alex, you're, you're, you're getting, starting to get stressed? Well, yeah, because like, no, like, I'm not thinking about, like, I'm not, like, constantly monitoring. That's his, like, one thing that he, he's focused on. Do you know what I mean? Like, his main thing that he's focused on is, like, whether I'm getting stressed or not. So if I'm thinking, if I'm getting stressed and, like, to a point where it's getting, like, kind of, like, you know, I might have a meltdown or something, you know, he would notice before I do sometimes. Sometimes I notice before him, and then, but, or I notice if he's on the other side of the room and I notice before he gets to me or something. But you know what I mean? Like, I don't, I, I turn my head and he's on his way over already. Like, you know what I mean? I'm like, hey, why didn't he, you know, do it? But he's, but that's just because that's also I've, what I found is that I've also then been able to start recognizing it more frequently myself because, it, you know, he does it so often, mm. you know? So it's actually been sort of teaching me about myself and also like I it's weird because it's like knowing when you start to get stressed it can kind of be really helpful in trying to minimize it in the future so it sort of teaches me about myself in ways and, and it's like oh I can't I do get stressed by that I never thought about that that's why you know so I you know sometimes and it's not just stress it's like more intense than that but you get what I'm saying yeah yeah that's wonderful you're somebody who travels a lot and goes places and you speak and, and we should let people know that you are available to speak if somebody wants yeah, to. Yeah, I you. am available to speak. I do the speaking gigs. Uh, um, I just got Max new goggles. Did you see ah. the picture no. on my Facebook? Can no. I, is there a way to put it on the screen? We'll see if Trayvon can find it on Facebook. I don't yeah, know if we've got enough time. I just Facebook. posted on my Facebook. Uh, All right, we'll send Traven to Facebook and see if he can find it. But we've only got like four minutes. It's, Does it's he got, have he's got goggles on. What? Does Max have his own Instagram account? No, because like he doesn't use the phone. So. <laughs> well, oh, look at him. Oh. That is so cute. I absolutely love it. Um, but he should yeah. have his own Instagram. I, I post pictures on mine. Of, he, you know, I, I don't think he needs his own. Okay. I, I don't like, I mean, I so, guess maybe, I also feel like it's just like, I, you know, I, then it's like you have two. It's like, I hardly go on Instagram as it is. You know, I'm not, Alex, you know, are I, you and afraid I, I, that Max will be become more popular? Is that what's happening? No, I, I, if I, my point is that like, I, I feel I, like he's, you know, already more popular when he's, you know, in the pictures with yeah. me, I, it, it helps my post. And plus, he doesn't care about likes. You know what I mean? It's like, I don't like when, and I, I one, the one thing I hate is when people write as if they're the dog. And they oh, always, and here's the other thing, they always spell human without a U and two O's as if, like, that's what dogs universally think it's spelled a different way. It, like, I hate that. It, like, pisses me off because it sounds so dumb and people think it's like so funny and i apologize to someone else if one of you two does that i don't know no, no. <laughs> okay but a dear God. friend of mine does alex i will have to show you because she posts things where her dog talks and she spells it phonetically like baby talk and i right, tell her all like, the time it drives me crazy but also like the fact that like the dog could like like a baby like i mean like the fact that they could type it out and like know like that they understand how the sounds go like it's like they it's just like someone taught them the wrong way really because like how yes. else would they be you know able to talk unless someone taught them to talk no you have a good yes. point there all right i realized too that we promised yeah. that we were going to get to a question so of unfortunately course. we're out of time alex all right people well, it was great go, talking to you guys uh thank people you so should much. go to wrongplanet.net yep and and then do you should they also go to your Instagram? 
my Twitter, Alec, at Alex Plank, my Instagram, at Alex Plank. I'm also on TikTok, but, you know, if you can find me, I have more, I have, like, way more followers than on, on the other ones on TikTok. Okay. I don't know why. I'm very popular on TikTok. I haven't posted also in, like, a few months, though, on TikTok, so. All right. Well, go One go of my post posts got, like, picture. over 500, like, half a million views. Wow. That's amazing. That's amazing. Well, Alex, we adore you. We thank you so much for being here with us, and we'll see you soon. Love having All right, you. Bye. Bye-bye. Uh, and I just, I, I forgot that we promised Ganja we would get to talking about Pika. And um, she said that her daughter has so much mouthing. So I just want to make sure that we're 100% clear that there is mouthing, which is one thing where people, it's a sensory thing where they want to touch their mouth to all kinds of things because it's a way that they're taking in sensory information. Um, and then there is Pika. And pica is when you put, you not just lick it and put it on your lips and put it in your mouth, you swallow. You are actually eating things that are not meant to be eaten. Now, mouthing has the potential to be dangerous, especially in COVID because of germs and all of that. Um, but usually it's a very different need than pica. And pica is always dangerous because if you're ingesting things that aren't meant to be eaten, you can uh, like aspirate from it, something can get stuck, or, you, or we've had kids that have poisoned themselves by eating things that are not edible. So for both cases though, I, I really wanna recommend that it's time to talk to a medical specialist because with pica, one of the first things that they need to do is they need to rule out that there's any kind of a, a deficiency in the child's system like a mineral deficiency, for instance, there are very specific things that if kids eat, it is a, like when kids eat dirt, it is a sign that they are potentially low in chromium, but you don't want to mess with giving them this thing and that thing and this supplement and get it wrong. So go to the doctor, tell them and, and make sure that you're, you know, keep a, a close eye on your child but note what it is they're eating because if they're eating paper, it's different than if they're eating dirt. If they're eating batteries, like it's time to like call 911. Um, some kids will uh, eat poo, right? That's a that's a, an entirely different thing because there's sensory things going on. Been there's there. medical needs. Been there. What's that? I've yeah, been, been there. there. I know. I, I didn't want to say that for you, but thank you that's for saying okay. that. But um, disclosure here, and there are ways that it, your ABA therapist can help you with PICA. Absolutely, but but I I think you would agree with me too, though, Nancy. It's important to make sure that you rule out the medical component because behaviorists yes. can do everything under the sun, but if the thing that's driving it is a mineral deficiency in your child, they will never be successful with the behavioral thing. Right. But right. once you get the rule out that it's not a medical thing or take care of whatever the medical need is, then you make sure that the behavioral team comes in and helps the child to do other things because it might have become a habit. Right. Right. And for kids that are mouthing, like I would still do the same thing, but I want you to know that a lot of times when kids are mouthing, it might be from excessive saliva or it might be because uh, we see this, like, for instance, when kids are getting methyl B12 shots, it's because they're, they're, the muscles and the nerves start to tingle around their mouths 
because the, the muscles are coming alive. There's blood flow to their lips. And, and so instead of allowing them to mouth, we want them doing lots of vocal exercises and, and facial exercises. And a lot of times we'll get jewelry. Um, it's jewelry that you can chew on that is medically grade materials that won't crumble. And they make fabulous, all different kinds of designs. And then we teach the kids, yes, when you're having this need, you put this in your mouth. It's not a pacifier but it, it gives them something to fulfill that sensory need until all the connections are met. So something to consider, but be clear when you're talking about it, if they're just putting their mouth on it, that's mouthing. If they're in putting it in their mouth and swallowing pica, um, if you're at the mouthing stage and they're putting things in their mouth, let's stop it before we get to pica. Right. Okay. Ganja, I'm sending you love. Very good. What's that? I said, good feedback. You covered everything there, I think. <laughs> okay, we love you guys. Thank you so much. Yeah. We'll be back next week. And I don't, I don't know who the guest is next week, but I know we have a guest next week. I just don't remember who it is. But back then, and uh, until then, This Valentine's Day, Dunkin's got the perfect pairings to show your love. So get down on one knee with a dozen brownie batter donuts and a cocoa mocha signature latte. Or make them swoon with a strawberry dragon fruit Dunkin' refresher with a Cupid's Choice Donut. Are you ready for love? America runs on Dunkin'. Price and participation may vary. Limited time offer.